Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. I'm going to read from Romans 6 today. Miss um, Marsha, if we have the NIV, I would prefer that. If not, I'll take King James. If we have Romans 6 in the NIV, I'll take that. Um, going to just dive right on in here. A long way to go and a short time to get there because I want to go to the park and hang out with our family at large today. What have we been talking about for the last couple of months? One word. What word is that? One word. Union, union, union. Um, and I'll start at verse 1, Miss Marsh, if we have that in the NIV. And I'm going to just read on down. I probably should have. I don't like open that up. I don't really have any notes. Um, I thought about preaching on a new mind skin. We're used to hearing preaching on new what? Wine skin. Nobody ever tells us what it is, but really we need a new mind skin. And uh, maybe another day we'll get that. But I just felt impressed this morning um, just to share the gospel with you out of Romans chapter 6. I'm going to start at 1. You know, in the original writing of Scripture, um, there are not chapters and verses. We put that in there for our own benefit, right? So there is no chapter and verse. We put that in there for our own benefit. Let me read that from my phone. NIV. And so, of course, Paul is coming out of Romans chapter 5, which if you just, I'd love to see. If you've, never, if you've never sat down and read Romans straight through, you're missing it. Let me just say that way. You need to read straight through. So this would have been one continual letter that they stood up and they read in, the church, in their church in one hearing. And the, the truth be told, we don't even teach this stuff in church. We need to, but you got to sometimes ingest the whole meal. You'd be upset if I cooked the steak and gave you, I'll give you one bite today and I'll come back tomorrow and give you another bite. We do that in church all the time. We never ingest the whole meal so we don't get the nutrients that are rightly provided for us there. But Paul, coming out of Romans 5, which in Romans 5, he starts this comparison between Adam and Christ. Beautiful. Pick up in verse 12. It's powerful. Adam and Christ. One man brought condemnation. Another man brought justification, right? One man, because of his one offense, brought many to death. One man, because of his obedience, brought many to life. I mean, just his comparisons in there. One man, because of what he did wrong, brought judgment and condemnation to all. Another man, because of his one righteous act, made everybody righteous in his one act. One man's disobedience made many sinners. One man's one act of obedience made many righteous, and it's just powerful. He's coming out of that, and he's still writing to the people at Rome, which, by the way, Rome was really pagans. They worshiped Zeus and Hades and Poseidon, right? I mean, these, these, these guys from Greece and that whole area, I mean, the Greeks were just crazy, crazy folks, but even in, it made its way into Rome. And so the, you have all of these gods and, and Paul is writing to these people and he's trying to get them to understand the beauty, watch this, of not Judaism, but people of the way, a follower of Jesus. And he says this, coming out of Romans 5, at the end of Romans 5, he says this, where sin did abound, what did the much more abound? Grace. Grace. 
So watch this. If there are 10 measures of sin in Edmund, I promise you there's more grace in Edmund than there is sin. I'll never forget being in Las Vegas and I had to talk to a group of pastors. I'm like, what in the world am I going to talk about? And Holy Spirit quickly said, Joshua, every time somebody comes to Vegas, they always point out the sin in the city. It's known as, look at y'all have all been there. Except God doesn't look in Vegas and say, hey, it's sin city. Can I tell you what? There's more grace in Vegas than there is probably any other city in America. Because where sin abounds, except what we've done (laughs) is we identify people or cities where they miss it. And we don't identify the grace over them. Listen. So Paul says where sin abounds, grace is the much more abound. It doesn't barely abound more. He said, no, it's the much more abound. It's a teaspoon of water versus the whole of the ocean. There is no comparison. There was more grace in one shed drop of blood of Jesus than there was all sin totaled up past, present, and future from all mankind. You understand, there's no comparison. Where sin abounds, grace is much more abound, and it keeps on writing. Romans 6.1, I'm reading from the NIV, says this. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may abound? And the answer to that is no. So based off what he wrote, Paul began to get asked, man, if the gospel's this good, if I can just sin and grace abounds, then I, I, I got it. I'll just keep on sinning and grace will keep on abounding. And he says, no, 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 God forbid. You ever heard people say this? They're afraid to preach grace, which by the way, grace is not a message. Grace is a man. Grace is Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Grace is not a message. Grace is a man. Grace is Jesus. John 1, 17 says the law was given through Moses because laws can be given, but it says, but grace and truth came. Grace is a man. His name is Jesus. People are afraid to preach grace because they don't understand. Well, if you preach grace, brother, you're going to be passing out license for people to see. You ever heard that? How many have ever heard that? Right? You know the people that said that? The people who didn't have a clue what they were talking about. You cannot preach grace and people sin more. Let me tell you what happens. Actually, if you preach grace, Paul told Titus, it is the grace of God that teaches us to deny ungodliness. The reason people actually sin is they don't understand grace. How many people have ever came up to you and said, you know what, I want to sleep around today. Would you give me a license to do that? I want to go beat my spouse today. Would you give me a license to do that? I want to rebel against my boss today. Would you please give me a license to do that? We don't need license to sin. We're doing a really good job of it. But what I need, Sean, can somebody give me permission to live free from the thing that's been eating my lunch my whole life? Yeah, you need grace. What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, certainly not. I want to say this, especially if you've been a pastor in here. If you've never been asked, if you preach that message, will it give people a license to sin? If you've never been asked that, then I want to, t- I want to share something with you. You've never really preached the gospel. Because Paul got asked that on a regular basis. Are you saying that we just keep sin? No, I'm not saying that. 
But the good news is the gospel literally means the too good to be true good news, yet it's true anyway. Can people take advantage if they want to, but they don't change the gospel and they don't change grace? How shall we, verse two, who died to sin live in it any longer? By the way, if you say you're dead to it, you you sure got a good relationship with it. How can you be dead to something yet live in it? It's like me saying I had a relationship with somebody and they died instead of burying them. I just strap them to my back and I walk around with them all the time. Oh, they're dead to me. No, 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 no. You, you have a very ongoing relationship with them. You know what happens if you, if you fellowship with dead things? It gets on you. How shall we who die to sin? Notice what he said, past tense. We have died to sin. Watch this. We are not trying to die to sin. Listen, we are not trying to be dead to sin. I'm not pretending to be dead to sin. Paul emphatically, passionately, theologically pounds the fact that we have already died past tense to sin. Do you not know verse three? Watch this. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Listen to this. Don't you know that as a follower of Jesus, when you put your faith in Jesus, mystically, he says you were baptized into Jesus. Yeah, I got baptized in the water. No, you're missing it. No, no, no. And that's powerful. Please get baptized. I'm saying, Paul said you and I were baptized or immersed or dipped into, watch this, Christ Jesus' death. Well, nobody never buried me. (laughs) We were therefore buried with Jesus through baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Watch this. For if, NIV says it best here, if we have been united, if I say union, If we have been united with Jesus in a death like his, don't miss this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. The only way to get the life of Christ is you got to do the same thing that he did in his death. And if you understand that you and I were dipped or immersed into his death, he said, that's not a sad story. That's really good because to the same degree that you and I were dipped or immersed into his death, to that same degree, we are dipped or immersed in his life. This is the gospel. For we know, verse six, that our old self, everybody say my old man. Say my old nature. (laughs) For we know We what? We what? Well, I guess. No, no, no. We know that our old self was crucified with Jesus so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Why? Because anybody who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Jesus, we believe that we shall also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for everybody. But the life he lives, he lives to God for everybody. In the same way, 
union now, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you would obey it in its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under law. You are not under law. You are under grace. You changed covenants and you didn't even know it. Jesus. Let me just stop there. That's good. I want to talk to you about union for a little bit. I wish I would have learned this in church, but I didn't. I learned it at home in my bedroom. Actually, probably because the sermons I grew up with, I probably struggled more in my life. I would have had less of a struggle had I never gone to church than I did by going to church. The most addictive thing on the planet really is religion. It's the, most, it's the hardest thing to get people free from because you take just a, a little bit of truth and mingle it with all this other stuff and people get addi- addicted to it especially the one that's based off how we live and our own works. People do not want to hear the gospel, which the gospel is, this has nothing to do with what you do, everything to do with what's already been done. The old covenant is about what you do through your sweat, through your performance. The new covenant is about what Jesus has done. I have found the secret to living the Christ life. Listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. Listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. Charles, every area of my life that I have tried to better myself in, I have failed. I'm just 100%, 100%. Stephen, every area of my life, brother, that I have tried by my own will to better myself in, I have failed. And I have found out that the way to really live the Christian life, watch this, is to quit trying That is worth you coming. Is to quit trying, watch this, quit trying to do better. Quit trying to dot the I and cross the T and man, I hope I don't miss it. Oh, I forgot to pray today. Oh, I forgot to read my Bible today. Oh, I forgot to pay tithes today. Oh, I said a bad word because I got caught in traffic. Oh, I'm a miserable sinner. What a horrible way to live. The way to really live this life is absolutely 100% quit trying and start trusting. Quit trying to do something better for you than the way Jesus did it. Quit taking scripture out of context. Well, I'm just trying to die daily, brother. You got more lives than a cat. How many times are you going to die and resurrect? Quit taking Paul's writing out of context and talking about you dying. No, that's weird. You cannot die a better death for you than what Jesus did. And you cannot punish yourself more than what Jesus was punished for you. What do you think you and I could do to make the father say, now, now what you did, now that, that, that rivals what my son did. That's good. No. Jesus was what Paul would say, it's what theologians would call the propitiation. He, he satisfied all the demands of the law. He satisfied all the wrath 
You can't die to yourself better than what Jesus died for you. You know, bro, I'm just trying to be a Christian. Yeah, you keep on trying. Nowhere does the Bible say try to be a Christian. Actually, after the cross, most of what Jesus said, by the way, people take Jesus' words way out of context. Most of what Jesus said was old covenant. He was an old covenant figure. You do understand that, right? Well, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow. He sure did. Old covenant. <laughs> well, Jesus said the greatest commandment is love your Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. He sure did. Old covenant. Because when have you ever loved God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind? If you got to do that to be acceptable, good luck. But after the cross of Jesus... There's not one scripture in the Bible that talks about how you have to do stuff with your effort. There's not one scripture in the Bible that will let you put a pound of weight on the fact that you have to go and now you have to love God. But you read scriptures like this, for God so loved the world. Not me. You read scriptures like this. You read scriptures like this. It is not love that we loved him, but that he what? First loved us all. God says, I'm the initiator of this. This is the new covenant. I wish I would have learned this in church, but I learned it in my bedroom. And it began to manifest in places like Walmart, Home Depot, my car. Now how I treat my family. Now how I treat my friends. Listen to what Paul says. Shall we say that we now keep sinning that grace may abound? Verse 1 of chapter 6, he says, no. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? This is a beautiful thing. Paul never met Jesus Christ in his 33 and a half years of life prior to crucifixion. Paul never met Jesus. We don't have any records of Paul ever meeting Jesus. But yet he would go on to write to the region, not a church, but a region in Galatia. And he would say in Galatians 2 and 20, it's a refrigerator verse. <laughs> For I am crucified with Nevertheless, I, yet not, but Christ lives in the life that I now, in the flesh, I live by the, of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul, what are you talking about? You crucified by Christ. You never met Jesus. No, but he got a mystical revelation. That when Jesus was hanging on a cross... He, by way of revelation, saw himself there. So here's the revelation. You and I were brought into union with Jesus, not just in the miracles he did, but also in the death that he died. Our old man. You want to see my old man? Now, he's old. If you don't think you got resurrection power, let somebody say the right thing. You will resurrect that old Adam nature so fast. I mean, it's dead, but I, can, I, I got the 10th get to the spirit. I will unbury him so fast. I will res Get up. Get him. Get him. Right? We all know what that's like. But Paul said, understand this. Your old man is dead. How many grew up here in this lion church? It's been, it's, it's been preached somewhere this morning. Well, brother, you know, you, you got a sin nature and a heavenly nature. And the one you feed the most is the one that's going to win. We preached that like Captain Crunch cereal from every church pulpit for years. And you know what we kept manifesting? Sin. 
And when I had a good day, you know what I manifested? Goodness. But when I had a bad day, I manifested sin. And I justified it because God, a good Lord, knows, brother, I got a sin nature and a heavenly nature. No, you don't. You are 100% saint according to Jesus and Paul. You cannot have a sin nature and a saint nature at the same time. Watch this. You are not a sinner saved by grace. By the way, that ain't in the Bible either. I don't care who wrote the song. You are not a sinner saved by grace. Do you understand when you got born again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man, white man, yellow man, brown man, black man, rich man, poor man, broke man, whole man, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a whole new creation. Old things have what? He didn't say they're passing away. They're not slowly fading away. They're done. They're done. And our problem is we have got called up. We're living in a new covenant with an old covenant mindset. Listen, we're living in new covenant realities, but yet we have old covenant mindsets. You got to let that stuff pass away. So you cannot be a sinner and a saint at the same time. And you're not a sinner saved by grace. You are a saint saved by grace. You were a sinner about that long. You are now a saint of God, been washed by the blood of Christ, been filled with the spirit of God, found grace through a cross 2,021 years ago, been pronounced righteous by Jesus, been seated in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. And one day you will revel in the eternity to come about the grace and the riches that was made available to us through Christ Jesus by way of union. I promise you in heaven, we will not sing. I am a sinner saved by grace. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, we were immersed into his death? You want to talk about, you want to have a God encounter, get in your room and just get in your bedroom and just ponder the fact that when you put your faith in him, it didn't happen right then. Actually, every man on the planet that ain't even born yet has already been forgiven. We were forgiven not even 2,021 years ago. Jesus was the lamb, according to scripture, slain before the foundations of the world. He saved all of humanity before anybody ever even had a chance to sin. That is the gospel, friend. Well, I don't like that, brother, because I tell you, I just, anyway, I'll let you work that out with God in your own way because you don't understand grace. But listen. We, (laughs) boy, religion messes people up. Don't you know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus were baptized into his death? This is union. Get in your room and ponder the fact that when you came alive in faith and you became aware of what Jesus had done, mystically, even though I'm 2,021 years later, mystically this happened. (laughs) In the same death he died, the Passion Translation says this, we were co-crucified with him. You have to see it that way. 
Well, I wasn't there. Neither was Paul, but Paul wrote this. I heard a guy say one time, he said, I know, brother. He said, I was that sinner, that sinful man on the other cross beside Jesus. I was right there with him. I said, no, that's wrong. You weren't right there with him. You were much closer than that. You were much more closer than that. You were not right there with Jesus hanging beside him on the cross. Jesus just didn't die our death for us. Watch this. He died our death as us. If I died beside him, that's good, but it won't change me. I needed it to be in me. And the only way Yahweh knew to do that was through this hypostatic union where God was fully becoming man and man was fully becoming into God. And God would take all of the weight and all of the iniquity and all of the transgression and all of the sin of all humanity, past, present, and future. And he would absorb it into himself. And he said, I'm doing this for Charles and I'm doing this for Alyssa and I'm doing this for Kristen and I'm doing this for your mom and I'm doing this for Jacob and I'm doing this for Taylor and I'm doing this for, for Stephen and I'm doing this for everybody, past, present, and future, I'm absorbing every place you're ever going to miss it, every fear, every phobia, every insufficiency, I'm absorbing it into myself so that when I die on the cross, religion will not let you say you died with me. But the gospel is, he died as me. It's this thing called you, and you understand that in the Old Testament, David goes out to fight this giant this, this has always been around. It's this principle of representation. And Goliath says, I tell you what, instead of us killing all these men and thousands of your soldiers dying and thousands of my soldiers dying, why don't we do this? Why don't we, by way of union, why don't I go out and I represent all of my army and you come out and you represent all of your army and we fight? And if I beat you, this victory is accredited to everybody behind me. And all of y'all become our slaves. But if you beat me, that victory is accredited to everybody behind you and we become your slave. It's union. Representation. A, a type and a shadow of the Christ that would come that said, I'll tell you what, I'll meet sin on the battlefield. And I'll go head to head with it. And I'll absorb everything that humanity had to offer. I'll absorb everything that happened in a garden called Eden. I will absorb it all. And when I do, I'm going to give you what Paul would teach the church at Rome as imputation. I'm going to impute into you all of my righteousness because I absorb from you all of your, your wickedness. Well, I wasn't that bad of a guy, Pastor Josh. But on whose ruler? Listen, I never drank. I never smoked. I never chew. I never run with those who do. I could preach better sermons than most of you. I could shout, I could speak in tongues better than the best of them. Guys, I got paid to get on airplanes and fly around and share the gospel while I was watching pornography. And it's quiet up in here right now. How, how, how real, how, how, how transparent and vulnerable should I be with you? I was doing that while comparing myself amongst my brethren. So I might have not been that bad in front of you, but I knew in here I was a wicked, messed up individual. And Jesus saw all of that and said, I want that too. 
I want everything that you detest about yourself, and I want you to get baptized and immersed into me. If I, man, talk about a great illustration. If I had, if I had a white t-shirt, and I had, and I wanted to make this white t-shirt red, and I had this bowl of just, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, whatever it is, ink up here, and I take that white t-shirt, and I baptize that white t-shirt into the red liquid. When I dip it into the red liquid, and I pull it out, what just happened? The t-shirt is no longer white, it is red, because watch this, what I immersed it into consumed it. And it became it. You and I have to start living by the Bible, not by what, you know, our greatest preacher said. And I'm telling you, you and I got immersed into Jesus. You know what happened? Man, I'm recognizing it. Me and my pornographic hunger got immersed into Jesus. And when I got pulled out of him, it ceased to exist. Me and all of my impurities got immersed into the purity of Yahshua. And when I got pulled out of him, that stuff, it ceased to exist. Do you understand the wonder of union? We know we want a good sermon and a good light show. And I'm going to go to the church that has the great kids. No, you better get somewhere that's giving you some life. And most of that stuff that we've heard in church for years doesn't benefit you at all on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. But I'm telling you, you better get, oh my gosh, get rooted in truth. You and I were baptized into Christ Jesus. Into his death. And I'm telling you, that death was very pleasing to the Father. Therefore, verse 4, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, so shall we be united together in his resurrection. I have been preached to my whole life about don't sin, don't do this, don't do that, don't go there, don't wear this, don't put this in your body, don't watch this, don't listen to that. Don't do this with them. You don't stop sinning by trying to stay away from sin. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're telling me, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that right there. Don't do that. And every time you do that, you know what you're doing? You're saying, focus there. Don't do that. And because you're telling me not to do it, my focus is there. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You don't defeat sin by telling people not to sin. You got thousands of years to prove that doesn't work. It makes for great church. Good sermon, but lives pitiful. And that's where the sin conscious mindset has come from. Oh, but Paul. Would pin down from a jail cell. He wrote to the Philippians. I've been, I've been in the same place that he was in jail. It's about this high of a room. He couldn't even stand all the way up, and he's chained. And he would have urine and feces running through his feet where everybody was urinating and just defecating in that prison. But you know what he wrote from that little prison cell, Sean? He wrote, <laughs> he wrote, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. 
For we have been united with Christ. And if you get a revelation, not a sermon, not a good principle, not an old thing. No, if you get a revelation that you and I were dipped into the same death that Jesus died. Because we've been told to live like Jesus. But what they didn't tell us is you can't live like Jesus if you don't understand you died like Jesus. Because resurrection of life, new life, has to be preceded by death. So I was trying to bypass a step and jump in the new life, and nobody told me that I first had to get a revelation that I was baptized into his death. But I don't like death. Yeah, but without death, you can't experience resurrection. Oh, but if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, preach Paul, shall we not also be united with him in the likeness of his resurrection? That's the gospel. This is the gospel. Knowing this, Taylor, would you come back up for me, man, just play. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. What happened to my old man? What happened to it? Brother, sometimes you know my, my old nature just pops his head up. No, no, no. It's dead. Yeah, but you weren't there yesterday. I'm telling you, they said something to me at work and it just came all over me. No, 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 no. Your old nature is dead. You know what the problem is? You got a good memory. You have a good memory. But I would encourage you to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I would encourage you to be clothed with the mind of Christ to the point that your worst enemy could say something about you and you and I could actually do what Jesus said. We could actually bless those who what? Curse us. And we can pray for those who what? Despitefully use us. Like what? That's part of the scripture too. Paul said, knowing this now, by way of union, understand your old man was crucified with Jesus. So when you see pictures of Jesus on the cross, you didn't say pitiful Jesus. That guy on the cross, that was me and my own nature. All of my own lust, the walling of my eyes, my secret thoughts that nobody would ever know were there in him. And you know what he says? Because of the cross, the body of sin is now done away with. So now we're no longer slaves of sin. For he who has died has been free from sin. And that's my sin. I'll never forget reading this probably almost, I don't know, 16, 17 years ago. And it hit me. He who has died has been free from sin. He who has died, past tense, is free from sin. That's sin, the noun. That's not like the fruit of sin. That's, that's the thing that makes you want to sin. Paul said God blew up everything of sin. If I wanted to get every bit of, let me see, if I wanted to get every bit of meth from out of this state, should I get rid of it by finding the people on the streets that are selling it and make them stop? Would that be more effective or do I go to every meth house and blow it to smithereens? Which one would work? If I say I want to get rid of all the alcohol in the seat, you know what I got to do? Go to every 7-Eleven, every Onku, every, every spirit store and buy it all up. That's good until the trucks run the next week. And we try to get rid of stuff 
by getting it off the shelf. Well, didn't cuss today. Thank you, Jesus. Didn't lust today. Thank you, Lord. That's good until the truck runs. Catch you in a red light in traffic, boy, here. Mighty God. Watch this. But if you really want to get rid of the alcohol, you know what you got to do? You got to go to the brewery. Take some TNT with you. I'm about to go old school Saturday morning TNT blow something up Bugs Bunny type style. You know what I'm talking about? You know what Jesus did? I'm not trying to get it out of the store, Josh. I'm going to go to the heart of sin. And I'm going to destroy sin so it will no longer have dominion over you. Jesus didn't pull sin from the root of the tree. He did do that, but you know what he did? He destroyed the fruit from above and the root from beneath. And if you destroy the fruit from above and the root from beneath, you leave no chance of sin ever being able to reproduce itself. And John would say this is the equa- like equating the axe being laid to the root of the tree. And we'll go back to the garden. And when mankind lost it at a tree, here comes the Son of God saying, I come to get it back at a tree. Watch it now. This is the gospel. Watch it now. For he who has died has been free from sin. What? And if we die with Christ, we believe that we'll also live with him. Likewise, reckon yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God. I still tell myself sometimes, I'm dead to sin. Yeah, but I was tempted. I'm dead to sin. If you really get free, you'll never be tempted. Please, you can't stop the devil from being a devil. But you know what you can do? I don't care how much you like hamburgers. If you don't have an appetite for it, I can't tempt you. I had, a, I had a Psalms 34 and 8 moment where I tasted and I saw that the Lord was good. And he changed my appetite. Can I tell you something? I am happily married. Happily married. Joyfully married. Can't wait to go home. Could have left church a few minutes. My wife, yeah. And I am a pastor who loves his own wife. We still have those. I love the way she walks. I love the way she smells. I like the way her, her hair just moves as she walks. I get on her nerves. We were sitting at a game last night. I, I meant to tell this to y'all. We were sitting at a game last night. She's sitting there talking with her friends. And I just think, I said, I saw you watching me, looking at me through the corner of your eye, girl. She didn't even, she just like, <laughs> when you just watch the game, leave me alone. Happily married. Well, what happens when you see something outside of you and it, and it tries to draw you and it, and it tries to tempt you. Man, I let the world be the world. I'm not trying to save the devil. I have been dipped, immersed into Christ Jesus and I'm free from sin. How do you know if you're really free? I'm free because the truth said I was free. You don't have to feel it for it to be true. There's times I don't feel married. He did not just say that. No, you don't have to feel it for it to be true. Truth, truth, whether you like it or not. As Ben Shapiro would say, you know what? If a man is in a coffin right here, he could be the worst meth addict in the history of humanity. But if he's in a coffin, 
and you wave meth in front of his face, is he going to move? You know why? Because he's dead to it. And Paul wanted these pagans to know freedom is possible when you first get a revelation that by way of union, you and I were immersed into the death of Christ. And because you've been immersed into his death, you now have resurrection life flowing through your veins. And he would go on the right, and I'm done. He would say, who shall deliver me? He actually said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And he would say, thanks be unto God through Christ Jesus. He's done it. Come home, stand to your feet with me. We used to sing an old song. I say old song. It was old to me. Here were the lyrics. We would say, I need said plunged beneath the cleansing flood I just want to say that man I feel so bold in my heart and I'm telling I'm doing this from a posture of humility myself if you have a struggle that seems bigger than you today don't go toe to toe with it on your own you look at what Jesus did And from that tree in that empty tomb, recognize you're now not fighting for victory over it. You're actually fighting from victory over it. Your victory is past tense. It happened in the past. It is a present reality, and it will lead and guide you into all of your future. So right now, if there is an area of sin that seems to be dominating you, listen to the words of Paul. 
as the Holy Spirit wrote through him. He who has been freed from sin, died, has been freed from sin. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. You have been immersed into Christ by way of baptism. So now walk in the newness of life. We will be doing a baptism soon. But I want you to know something. You've been immersed into Jesus. And his reality is your reality. He's divine with which his sap flows through you branches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're in this room today and you don't have a living relationship with Jesus, I want to introduce you to my best friend. You need to only say, Jesus, I see you. That's it. That's it. And all of your trip-ups get plunged beneath that reality. Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your kindness to our family. We're honored to do this in this region today. Would you help us to continue to walk in truth and to live out of our union? I pray for my family today. I bless what I hear. I bless what I feel. I bless what I see. Yes, Lord. Hmm. My friends, I'm really done now. I think my heart is empty. I want to encourage you this week, though. Would you just go through and read all of Romans 6 and let the Holy Spirit speak to your own heart? Maybe you'll see some things we didn't even talk about today because the author of the book lives inside of you. He longs to reveal it to you. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.